So when I was living in Europe a couple of years ago, and, and for the record, we would be there now this summer if it wasn't for the stupid, you know, COVID-1984 thing. And, um, you know, if they don't, if certain countries don't uh, force the vaccine passport or whatever it is, um, you know, we'll be there next year. But I was spending a year in, in Europe kind of targeting buildings because that's, you know, that's what I'm all about. I love just staring at buildings. And I was specifically going looking for Enlightenment era buildings because I wanted to see how they developed based on the occult, how the occult uh, basically came out into the open and packaged, kind of slapped Christianity on it to, to sell it. And they did it brilliantly with you know, the Copernican revolution and you just go on from there. Even the Darwinian revolution is just you know, Gnosticism repackaged. And uh, this was before I learned about the mud flood. And so as we're looking at the millennial reign, I, I kind of, you know, I have to be honest about this because it, it's it's easy to turn, it's easy to try to shove everything as a box. Say, well, no, it was all the millennial reign. But then there's some things that, you know, I was seeing over there that was, would be a little bit troubling in, in this context. And I'll get to them in a second. One of the big buildings that that really I guess it, it wasn't really cognitive dissonance, but I really struggled with it because I, I didn't have a context. And I think most people, you know, they don't have a context for the mud flood. They see this stuff and they're like, this is weird. I don't know what to make of it. One of it was uh, when we went to Bath, England, and they have their a bath. And it's um, it's completely it was completely like 150 years ago, completely buried in the dirt. And they, of course, dug it out. And this is really important to the narrative. They actually, they actually constructed a lot of statues in it to make it look like a Roman house. They, they'll even tell you that on the tour. You go there and it's like, oh, yeah, we, we added all these, these, these Roman statues. They weren't original. I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Um, but it really, it really plagued with my, my – kind of the back burner of my consciousness because I'm like, how in the world do you have this beautiful Roman bathhouse that get buried in the dirt? And this is the course, you know, they say, oh, you know, well, it was intended to for 200 years and it was just buried in dirt. And then people didn't know it was there anymore. That, that's the, you know, that, that's the narrative we're working with here. All right. Rick is in the house. Welcome. All right, All right Rick. So I'm going to introduce you. Uh, just feel free to, when you're ready to turn off your, uh, or turn on your microphone. And there it is. All right. How's okay, it going tonight? Good, man. Sorry, I was sitting there talking like, you know, a moron. All right. So <laughs> uh, last week, uh, everybody, I, I, I mentioned Rick Hummer. I'll go ahead and give him the quick little intro again, and then I'll let him talk about whatever he wants to talk about tonight um, concerning the mud flood and so on and so forth. So I first met Rick Hummer in 2017, November 27, at the Flat Earth International Conference in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, and that's where Rick was the MC. He was actually the MC at, at all three. Uh, and then the first time, and I, I have to, I have to admit this. I don't know if I ever told you this, Rick, but um, I had a bit of a bro crush on you. Um, he's a really good-looking guy, and and so I was able to kind of work my way into a picture with with Rick. And I don't know if you remember that. That's where um, Matt Long is in that photo too. And I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the Flatlanders documentary trailer that's coming up, but Matt Long is in that trailer. But and then Rick Hummer calls me up. I don't know, several months later, 
on the phone and just randomly it was on a Sunday morning. I remember we talked for like three or four hours and he's like, <laughs> uh, he's like, uh, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to meet you at the conference. And I was thinking about you. I was like, really? You were thinking about me? That That's crazy. Uh, and so we just started talking and he's ever since that time, he's, we talk every I don't know, four or five weeks and he's just a great guy to vent to about all the things we see in the flat earth movement. Um, when I was, I was just talking about when I was in Europe um, he's the guy that got me the interview with Patricia Steer, that that article uh, blew up. I mean, e even the BBC was, I'm so glad they didn't, but even the BBC was um, uh, uh, talking about reporting on that article. And um, just because I don't want the association with the BBC. But um, anyways, that, that really blew up. And, and Rick's the guy that called Patricia up and got the, uh, the interview for me. And then catching up to speed where we're at now, it was in 2019 again at the Fire Earth Conference in Dallas. That seems to be where like everything goes down. When you like make all your alliances and break alliances and so on and so forth. These conferences, but uh, we were at the bar and and Rick just started. He'd be like, "Hey, have you ever like wondered why there's these like all these like basements everywhere and they've got these doors leading to nowhere?" I'm like, "What are you What are you talking about?" And anyway, so he was. He was <laughs> He's like, dude, you just got, you got to like, you got to, you know, you got to look, look into this, you know? So uh, that's where we're at. And he's the guy that got me really crazy into mud flood. Um, I never would have looked, I, I don't know if I would have looked into it without him. So anyways, welcome tonight, uh, Mr. Hummer. And why don't you tell the room about yourself? Okay. Well, uh, first, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, um, what I think is great is we're able to question whatever and look for answers because here's the thing I've, I learned my lesson uh, so many times like you really don't know if you don't go look for yourself and just quit letting somebody else tell you what is true and test it and, you know, figure it out because, you know, the whole flatter thing was one thing. Um, and, and, whoa, I'm getting dings in my ear really loud. What is that? Okay, hang on a second. That's not gonna happen again. Sorry guys, that like blew my eardrums out. Um, but anyway, long story short, yeah, through, throughout my my life, I've you know found out that you know there are a lot of things that I thought were true that aren't true. And so I worked in radio. I uh, I you know went to college. I went to college to go play ball and that didn't work out. I, I didn't get the shoe contract. Um, it's a joke. And uh, I had to find something that I really enjoyed doing. And I just found myself gravitating towards uh, broadcasting. I, I really liked it. I liked, I liked being able to write. I liked being able to, um, you know, be creative and have fun. And uh, that's kind of what happened to me. I just kind of got into radio and I went from one market to another. It's kind of what you do. You'd kind of, you know, set a goal. I want to be the number one night guy. And either you want to settle down in that place or you moved on. And I was one of those guys, I just moved around a lot and I had some goals that I wanted to reach and achieve. And I wanted to do other things and get into writing and doing stunts and whatnot. And uh, my broadcasting career actually had a big change sometime around 1997-ish, 98. And uh, I was actually living in L.A., and I just started seeing through what I was involved in, in the radio industry, uh, the TV side of things I was just starting to get into. 
and uh, definitely getting into the writing and doing storyboards and being around people that were uh, quote unquote famous, you know, that we would, we would call famous or celebrity. And what I found was, is I was actually in, in quite a few smaller circles that were kind of in, intertwined. So my, my circle was actually pretty large uh, in the grand scheme of things for, for that size of town. Most people have these smaller clicks while I was so connected just because of the radio side that it allowed me to be very versatile of who I was around. And so opportunities would knock. And it was because I think people were friends with me. It wasn't because I was in some kind of crazy cabal cults, you know, uh, club or something like that. And, and what I realized is that this stuff is so deep now that I've, now that I've been away from, you know, the city for years, I left in 98 and never looked back. I never wanted to go back there. I don't, not to live anyway. I mean, I've got friends there. Of course, it's beautiful there. It's great to go. The, there's nothing better than seeing the, the sun, you know, at the, at the end of the day, uh, disappear uh, from the sand right there on, you know, whether you're in Zuma or, or Malibu or wherever you are, it's just a gorgeous place to, to be, obviously. Um, but my point is, is that even though I, I got to experience a bunch of stuff in the media and was just given liner cards to read to, you know, you take, you get your news feeds from the AP. That's what the station, uh, is, which is Associated Press, uh, you you literally get your news fed to you, just like people get their news fed to you. It's coming down the the, the chain. And when I realized that that's exactly what was going on was around somewhere around, uh, ultimately around 2004. Um, I was back here in Indiana, and uh, a World War II veteran called the radio station that I was working at at the time. And I was working at a country station, so very pro-war, pro uh, going into Afghanistan, pro going to Iraq. And it was right after we went into Iraq that I woke up to uh, just the whole truth about not just the weapons of mass mass destruction, but the, uh, you know, it always bothered me. Why are, why, why are we in Afghanistan again? What did they do uh, from the very beginning? And then I woke up to 9-11, uh, not adding up to what, you know, was written in the 9-11 commission and things missing. And so what I found was I felt so duped that something triggered in me. Plus I, I looked at it and I started looking at the United States at that point. I was looking at my life and God was doing things in my life was pulling me away from the business and the industry side of it and, and wanting to be, you know, somebody special and wanted to, you know, be number one. And this, and that. It, it really, he put my pride in check when I realized, wait a second, I've been pushing and banging the war drum. And that's exactly what this World War II veteran called and said to me, because that's the guy that woke me up. That's who God used to wake me up or at least plant a seed and change my direction and uh, what I was actually doing with, you know, with my time and my energy and my conscious hours and, you know, ultimately testing things. And that was the springboard to get me more focused on, well, what else is there? What else, do, what else do we need to expose? Well, and that's, that was kind of the, the role I took. And I guess maybe a part of me when I first got into radio and television that I thought investigative journalism would have been the most fun thing to do. Um, but I found out that just being a radio jock was a lot easier and the money was just as good. And, you know, your hours were, were pretty much set. So that's what, that's how that happened. And I'm not trying to be long winded, but that's what got me started. That's what happened. I had this long radio broadcasting career, some TV stuff, and 
obviously it was, uh, you know, dabbling and getting into the stunt scene back in the day in LA when I was younger and stupid and more stupid, I should say. And, uh, here I am, I, you know, I started doing tests on Lake Michigan and high altitude balloon, balloon chasing, uh, to doing laser shots across Lake Isol to, uh, working with people, uh, with FE core, uh, just exchanging ideas that turned into an actual research group where actually, you know, where there's an organization and people are working together. And instead of just, you know, people kind of talking, we were actually doing things together. And so I realized, like Noel said, somebody sent me a, a, a file of, uh, something they had downloaded because they, they had been removed from YouTube. And it was just this, uh, it was like a montage of pictures of these buildings <clears throat> where the, the windows were cut, cut halfway off in the basement. And then it's the pictures of these, you know, floors, lower level floors with windows on the exterior walls in the basement, which there's dirt there. So why are there windows there? And that was what intrigued me first. And I knew if that intrigued me enough, it could maybe intrigue Noel enough. Cause that was, that was one of the things that I, I, I did bring up to him is why would they do that? Like, it was kind of like the same thing as why don't they ever turn the camera around and show us the fourth wall? It was one of those types of questions. It was one of those things that piqued my interest. Like, yeah, why would they build, you know, what they have an escape route? Did they have a tunnel system out the window in the basement? I mean, no something it, there was no dirt there at one time when they built the building that's what it was so you start lo looking into that then you come to find out and i was just getting ready to say the, the orphan trains and actual trains going past right now then you look at the, the the records of the orphan trains and how this wasn't just something that was local it was you know just in your regional it was all over the place so something happened like how why why would there be so many kids displaced and moving to this territory and that territory and literally being taken from you know, the East Coast out to the middle of nowhere. And what's going on with that? How come that's not being taught in school? How come we're not told about uh, the earthquake that, you know, made the Mississippi River run backwards and ring the church bells, I think, in Boston to where one of the presidents of the United States, he and his wife actually felt the earthquake, at, you know, in, in uh, at the White House. I think they were at the White House at the time. I think they had it done by then. But whatever it was, they, I remember that that was one of the things I was like, wait, why, why aren't we told about these things that actually change? How come we're not told about the pyramids and the, uh, the serpent mound and all that in Ohio? How come we're not taught these things? How come we're not taught about the pyramids in Minnesota and Illinois? And, you know, so, yeah, the, all these different questions came in. So when the mud flood thing hit, it was about the same time that Tataria was coming out. People were talking about this, this you know, empire called Tataria. So, and if I'm talking too fast or if I'm not, uh, it, it was, are we still good? No, you're good. Okay. So, so when Tataria first came up, I, I looked at it and I'm going, why have I never heard of this? Well, I mean, I like history and I would have loved that. And I started thinking about some things and then, you know, there were some other things that I was looking at at that at right about that same time, really, you know, praying about it and, and just kind of looking for the right answers and just, you know, just starting to really get into it. And it was about uh, the, the tribes of uh, Israel, where they ended up and the displaced people and where, where would they be? And so I started thinking, could, could, you know, could Tataria be a part of that? Could that be connected to the lost tribes 
or could it have been another empire you know prior to uh the lost tribes could it have been the enemy of the north could it have you know all these things were going through my mind and i thought well it's really just weird that we don't see it anywhere nowhere but all but all of a sudden it's popping up and i I started thinking about i'm like well there's a lot of people getting into that it's something's being revealed there if especially if it's legit that this was a true kingdom and these were people and they were very well advanced obviously something's going on here that somebody doesn't want this being taught in a curriculum, whether it's a public school or private school, because I didn't know anybody in my life that had ever heard of Tataria. Nobody, including teachers. So that was one of the things that got me. And then I don't know what it was. It just kind of sticks out and kind of, I just think it's kind of cool the way that, uh, you know, the most high works. Uh, I I truly believe that our creator has a, a great sense of humor, obviously look at us. But um, at the same time, I I look at this and go, okay, this was kind of strange. And as I was telling Noel about the mud floods, I was actually talking to a guy by the name of John Pounders. I'm sure a lot of you guys probably know who John Pounders is. So Pounders and I were talking about Tataria. And I said, have you heard about this? And he said, what? And I was like, yeah. I started explaining. He's like, yeah, I actually kind of, yeah, I have heard that. It's just weird that you're bringing it up and now hear this. And so he actually went somewhere he was going out of town and they actually had like an airbnb and he said something about you know i have to look into it or whatever however however he worded it but he goes into this airbnb where he's staying and the people had a theme throughout this house whoever owned this home they had globes all over in this house like every room had like a globe of some kind and john said they were all over the place and he walked in and the first one that he walked to was like, it looked like an old one, like a, like, like a collector's item, like some, like an antique. Um, and he went over and he looked and he spun it and, and it immediately it popped off the, you know, off the globe at him. And it said, Tataria. <laughs> wow. Like you can't write this kind of stuff. And so I, I, you know, he called me, he called me from the house. He's like, you're not going to believe this. I'm looking at it. So I'm like, show me, send me the, send me a picture. So he sent me a picture because I thought, man, he's just joking. But no, it's true. It's like, you know, right when you're asking for confirmation, you have a childlike heart. I believe that God will give you answers. He's already revealing things to people and he'll give confirmation. So I don't know. I feel like I've had it happen quite a few times. And so it just, it just gives me complete faith that he is exactly who he says he is. Uh, things are playing out and nobody has it all figured out. And I believe that there's a lot more for us to learn, especially if we're in the last days, it's going to be revealed of things that were once hidden that are going to come forward. And I believe that a lot of that's already happening, whether it's biblical cosmology, whether it's the actual way that physics work, whether it's actual uh, the way that uh, the wind works, whether it's the the fact that we, you know, there is, there, there we are capable of having uh, free energy uh, using you know, the air, um, there's all kinds of things. I mean, so many things that we that are obviously controlled as well. And um, I'm not aligned with those people that are in control. That's the the biggest thing is I, you know, I fear God and uh, in a healthy way. And uh, I know that if I don't fear him, it's really easy to act like I don't. And uh, I want I want to be as wise as I can. And so that's where I'm at. I'm just, I've been searching the stuff out and seeing the evidence of, you know, what I believe is, is mud floods and actual proof that obviously people don't build buildings with 
four stories of basement windows. <laughs> so it's just one of those things that just, it makes me laugh that it's so obvious, but yet you bring this up. And the first thing that happens is somebody comes at you with, you know, as a character assassination, you know, they're, they're, that's on their mind is I'm going to, I'm going to assassinate this guy's character. He's crazy. He's stupid. He's goofy. He's this, he's that. And who cares? You know, I'm looking at it at this point, I'm, I'm going, if it's, if I'm told that there's no way it could be this, chances are it probably could be. That's the way it is at this point. There's so many strange things. Just the other night we saw, I saw um, what they're calling Starlink. I'm out here in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, and there's no light pollution. I backed my property's got, I don't even know how many acres is behind me, but it's going to be soybeans this year. So it's nothing but as clear as you can get, not even a tree in the, in the yard line. It goes from yard to field, and it's flatter than I'll get out, and you can see the sky. And I watched Starlink come over, whatever this supposedly is, and I just, I just kind of chuckled because I'm going, this is not, this is not what they're trying to tell people. There's something else going on here, and I'm, you know, I, I just don't feel like they're trying to better our communications with that. But yet, I'm sitting here watching something cruise across the sky that I can't deny. There's something going on. They're, they're they're playing something. Somebody's doing something. I can see the lights at least. There's there's something lighting up. Do I know what it is? No. Do I believe it is what they're telling me? Absolutely not. No way. And I'm not saying they're just liars. I'm just saying I'm not gonna let them deceive me. I'm, I could tell you that you know. I could tell you that the, uh, the it's gonna rain tomorrow, and uh, and it doesn't. And I could I could just continue to say that it, well it did it did rain it did rain. I didn't mean where you were at. I meant you know I meant over. In, Norway. So just you can these people switch their stories, they do all this, and there's media manipulation going on or reality fraud. And it's in our textbooks. So from the time that we're little, from the time that we can actually comprehend what's on TV to actually going to school and filling out worksheets and taking tests and regurgitating the same information and then hearing the same stuff on the mass media, we've been more controlled than what people realize. And I truly believe the only way things are going to get revealed in these days that we're in is, and they are being revealed is by the hand of God and by the grace of God and uh, by his sovereignty and, and who he is and the truth that he's going to reveal uh, that's going to keep people from being deceived. And I know the scriptures truly say that he's going to send a strong delusion. And could this be part of it? Maybe so. Maybe that's what's going on with this whole um, <clears throat> CV thing that's going on. You know, this whole scam that's been happening since, you know, last year. So I just look at it from this standpoint. We've got a lot to learn. And <clears throat> the more that we learn, the more that we can share, the more that we can conquer and battle our adversary and continue to tell the truth. So something you had, that note. Something you had said in there that struck me, um, and hopefully this isn't too left field uh, for you, Rick, or anybody else. But you had mentioned Tartaria on the globe. And for anyone that um, doesn't quite know, generally, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, but generally that would be what we would call the Russian Federation today, the Soviet Union in the past, and also going down into like Mongolia, perhaps places in China. Genghis Khan, the yeah. Genghis Khan region. And that's what and, they're saying. If you look at the, the, the pictures of the people of quote unquote Tartaria, a lot of their attire, their, their style of dress was very much so uh like what you were saying down in, in that region more of the genghis khan um there at least that's the, the pictures and depictions i've seen so you know again 
I <laughs> haven't been there. Don't know anybody that came from there, but it's very interesting that this is popping up. So, and it's, there's obviously, there's something going on with this, but go ahead, Noel. Sorry. That's funny. I don't really know anyone from that area either. Um, well, okay. So I don't really know because, you know, we talk about these buildings we see all over the world that they're, they're they tend, they seem to be aligned in some way that there is, you know, some commonality between all of them. Correct. But mm -hmm. I don't know if we're seeing the same thing as what this Tartaria is. You know, we talked about the, the Tartarian Empire, but this this did occur to me that the, the <laughs> um, I'm about to go out there, uh, but the, the Ashkenazi Jews. Okay, so um, and Rick, we've never had this discussion. I don't even know how you feel about this. I'm coming out with a paper in about a week, no, in about a month from now, um, that goes through all the scripture verses that show that. Yahuwah's eventual return to the promised land, uh, wherever that is, whether that's in Israel or wherever, um, which I, I, I'm actually kind of prone to think it is now, um, that it he it's because he takes uh, an issue with the sons of Edom who have taken over the land, the children of uh, the children of Esau, um, and wow. this is this is in several Ezekiel, Isaiah, all throughout. Uh, talking sure. about how when he returns, he's going to basically take it away from Esau. And then, well, that's kind of interesting because it's like, well, whose people are over there right now, right? So when you look at the, the history of like even the, the birth of the Soviet Union with the Red Army, the Bolshevik Revolution, it was the Ashkenazi, which basically just means German, the Ashkenazi uh, Jews who were leading this the Soviet um uh, the the communist revolution. They were they essentially all were Lenin. All of those guys. They were all Jews. Uh, and and, yeah. and I don't believe these are, of course. And I need to stress here that I don't believe that these are the same people as the Yehudim in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I, I think it's what, what I was just I was just thinking about this because these Ashkenazi kind of come out of nowhere. Um, they had kind of been around the the Black Sea or or stuff in that area for the last few hundred years or so, according to what we're told, they kind of come out of nowhere. And there's just this whole uh, Ashkenazi Jewish people explode on the scene in, um, in the, in Russia. And of course, then we get into world war two and Hitler's trying to expel them and that kind of stuff. But in that, that whole tale, but it, it's almost like the, the, there's an assault on whatever this Tartaria is here by the Ashkenazi people. I'm just, I just had that thought. I want to throw that out there. Uh, hopefully, it wasn't too much explaining. Um, well, no. When I can I ask, when you say an assault on it, do you mean to completely get rid of its existence in history? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we know we know that with uh, with of course Napoleon and Alexander, um, who were basically like kissing buddies or whatever, yet they were at war with each other, and you know, you see like the you see the the, the double-headed phoenix uh, that they're both, you know, using as their emblems and all that stuff. But and they were going in there destroying it. But it seemed like the there was whatever this whole USSR hoax psyop thing was that it was it was a way to mask and destroy ultimately destroy whatever was going on there. What we see on these globes and these maps called Tartaria. I just, I, I just had that thought. I, I, I'd never made that connection before until you, you brought up the, the globe just now. So, well, that's to me. It's you know, there's a, there's a verse that always comes to mind when you know 
you know, Yeshua says, you know, uh, you know, that they're going to call themselves Jews and they are not, but they're from the synagogue of Satan. Correct. The revelation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and I look at this and I go, well, who, where do they come from? Who are, are these people that he's speaking yep. of? Who could they be? Who matches that description? Who's doing these things? And if we will know them by their fruit, well, you just got to kind of figure out what they're putting on TV. And I know what I've seen on television over there. I've seen Israeli programming. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've watched it. It's, you know, I don't have to live there or be there to watch what they're putting on TV. And, you know, some of that stuff is just awful. What I've seen. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I really question if, if any of them are Semitic. I was just in a conversation the other day with um, uh, someone who claimed to be a Levite. Um, or he, as he said, a, a levy, and um, and he was he was started talking to me about his uh, genetics, and he said he traced he was traced back to Babylon, and I was kind of like okay, and he was like really proud of that. I was like okay, cool, you know, kind of giving a little applaud there. Okay, you come from Babylon, but that would probably just in my mind just cement the whole Esau thing even more. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, because yeah. it it shows the it, it, well, like you said, there's going to be a takeaway. There's going to be a take back. So if that's the case, again, who's controlling it now? Yeah. Hey, no, no, let me interject here. What's interesting in this revealing, when we, when Tartaria came to a lot of our attention, we went, we realized it was a time of peace. Many of us were like, you couldn't have built all of these things if there wasn't a time of peace. And that's not been in our so-called history. And when that was revealed, so many of us then went, hey, the Millennium Kingdom must have been here. Precisely. This, right. So one of the things I was looking at, um, I've been looking at a lot, I was kind of reviewing again today, were these star forts. And there's how many, I don't know if everyone has knows what a star fort is or has been to one. Here in the East Coast, we have a few of them down in Florida. I don't know if any of the Florida crew has gone to them. There's one in um, St. Augustine, I believe. There's yep. others. There's like two others out in Pensacola. There's another out in Key West. I love the explanation on the one in Key West. Like it's like a couple hundred miles or something from the, at least a hundred miles, and it's it basically Lincoln built that as a, a a prison during the Civil War. And it's like okay, yeah, sure. I mean, I went out there to that. That went out to that one, but. Um, all over the world. Yeah, Ohio has them. I have a, I have a, I have a theory that the star forts may have been uh, tour observance. Uh, that they were, they were basically like I was just reading in Numbers. I think it's it's the first couple of chapters of Numbers where it talks about how everyone with leprosy and other, these other sicknesses and diseases they talk about would have to go outside of the camp. And um, I, I, I can't help but wonder if these were healing centers for people who had to go outside the camp, who were diseased or whatever, um, you know, that they would get the frequencies and the energy and others, other uh, such things there. Um, and then, of course, you know, they were repurposed, of course, for uh, military fortifications as the expedition goes in the 1800s. That's just kind of one of my thoughts on that. And... Um, yeah. So, Rick, what's so wait, your... I, I, I have a question on this because this is this is interesting because if it, if the if the millennial reign 
say already happened is that what is that what he he was saying right that the millennial reign was here that's why there's a lot of the same architecture a lot of the same what looks like could have been technology yeah the reason and, he gave the reason michael gave specifically was because it was a time of peace and yeah. even even the when you look at most of the mud flutters the tartarian people they don't seem to have a love of scripture they um but they 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 all advertise this idea that 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 this Tartarian kingdom was a was a place of peace, and that the this new world order came in and capsized it and completely you know ran it over and destroyed it. Gotcha. Which which fits in with the with the whole the millennial idea. So okay, so if that happened, obviously the calendars are fake, right? Absolutely. Okay, so yep. Okay, and then here's the other thing. There's cities or there are streets that are under the ocean, right? In different places. There's these monoliths all over the place under the, under the water off of the coast of Japan. I think off of our east coast in a couple of different places. Um, so where did the, if, okay, is that pre-flood then? Or did did something happen to where, like, and I'm, I'm trying to tie this all in together. So if there was an earthquake in 1812 that made the Mississippi run backwards and there are maps, uh, I believe the late 1600s showing a giant lake in the mountains of the Rockies with, I believe, sea creatures depicted on that. Um, if there was an earthquake or say a mud flood where the, the all these mountains and there's other regions in the world, too, by the way, where they show that there were great giant lakes up in these mountains. If there was an earthquake simultaneously or all within a year apart, would that add that much more water to the sea? And I know it sounds ridiculous, but how where did the where did the water level come from that we would have these cities under the water? What time period did that happen? Where did those cities exist on the timeline? That's the one thing that I'm trying to figure out. And there's a reason why. Yeah, okay. Anyway, that makes anyway, more sense with Noah. That makes more sense with Noah to me. Because we can look at all over the world where there's so many things that are next to the sea. There's been no there's been no recent in the last two hundred years rise. So many I, star forts are still right there. I think that but there others. So no, they were not, the star forts. The star the star forts are in a higher. They were at a higher elevation than what they are today. So so no not necessarily. So they were built. They could after, have been ships. So 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 <laughs> okay, yeah true. So the so what you're saying is the star forts came after the flood as well, or this I mean I'm sorry the star forts would have been built during the millennial reign. I would feel that, right? So Where, Noel said this before, right? Noel, there's been more than one kind of event. Yeah, there's a lot in there to um, so okay. Let me just talk about the water rise real quick uh, quickly. Is um, you know, all, you know, science, and I say lowercase science at this point, points to the fact that there has been no water rise, ocean rise for the last, I think, 100 years is when they started testing it. Um, uh, but, however, I do theorize, and I think Rick and I have talked about this a little bit, that there may have been some sort of water rise at the time of the mud flood. Uh, you, you, look at, you look at the city of New Orleans, for example. And Charleston, I mean, the city of Charleston is kind of similar that we have a water wall. And 
you, you have to ask a question like 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 New Orleans. Why would they build the city below the the ocean? That doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, uh, that you would have you would build this marvelous city that you needed a wall to protect everyone from drowning. It almost sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. Actually, there is a Dr. Seuss book about that. Um, you know, Boston. Boston is like this. Manhattan, Lower Manhattan, Bombay, Mumbai, Mumbai, yeah. Manhattan, exactly. So I do think I do think that there was a water rise. How much is the question, right? And as I've pointed out before, one of the things I think is we have to kind of distinguish is that there were probably a few different major events in Scripture. That this is the beautiful thing. Beautiful thing about the Bible is that it actually pinpoints these different events. That a lot of the mud flutters I'm looking at, they'll look at like like that giant like elephant in spain you, you know what i'm talking about right oh yeah oh yeah they'll go yeah. Like, they'll, they'll be like oh the new world order did, did that like 200 years ago i'm like well wait a second here because we we get you know and we get the the war of the titans in the book of enoch um and so you, you can look at a few different events we have the the what we would call the recent mud flood which you know, as I pointed out before, to me, the year 1812 is irrelevant because if you can even pinpoint the year 1812, if we're going off of the Gregorian calendar, it, it could be like it could be 1850 or 1750 and they just tell us it's 1812. You see what I'm saying? Like it's it's hard to really gauge. Yeah, I, think yeah, a yeah. Lot, I think a lot of things around then from like 1750 to 1850 are kind of all spread out, spread around and kind of confused and um so we well, have that the, uh what's the scripture about changing the times and um oh I'm, oh my gosh you know what I'm talking jeremiah about? That's in, no it's in it's daniel daniel it, it's in daniel chapter 9 i believe uh where the ants the the they will it will change the 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 times um like maybe the calendars yeah yeah well definitely definitely i i definitely believe the Gregorian calendar is um, a huge, huge part of that. Um, so, okay, so you have the 1812 event, you have Noah's flood, you have the War of the Titans, and I would stress the possibility that the creation account in Genesis chapter one is a recreation account, as there are scripture verses in Isaiah and others that talk about the, the cities um, that. Uh, did not have men in them that are destroyed. And so I sometimes wonder if we're looking at these four or five different things. You look at that elephant, you know, like the, when we look at the mud fossils, those are probably, that's probably the war of the Titans before the flood. You look, look at, at the, the, the same, the same guy that you're talking about that did the uh, revealing of a Titan. That's yeah. um, Mike. Mike is a, a friend of mine, um, and I don't know if you met him or not, Noel. But um, I, I've, I've interviewed him. Okay, so so Mike's very very uh, very good work as far as I'm concerned. He just being able to actually go in and show you the different types of bone structure inside these holes, these these caverns, these well would be an eye socket, it would be an ear canal. Uh, what would we consider for us to be like a nasal passage? Uh, there's so many different things that are that are um, uh, that are right there in our face, and to say, well, that can't be. I'm not gonna be that guy ever again because <laughs> it's too real that this 
is so mind blowing and and what a trick uh, that the people of the last days would would act as if they're the smart ones when there have been civilizations way smarter than us. And I've always thought that when especially when it comes to the Bible, people say, oh, it's just a bunch of stories written by, you know, guys want to control. I'm sitting there going, first of all, that's the easy way out. Second of all, most of these guys, if you know anything about them, were killed for actually saying the things that they said. And, you know, we're, we're at a point right now where how can anyone say that they know better of what was going on at the time of the people who were actually going through it? And so that's my whole point is that we we're I'm I'm watching all this stuff unfold and with Mike's work with this giant elephant or pachyderm whatever it is whether it was a mammoth or you know whatever this thing is so huge that it to me it makes me go okay if that was part of Genesis if that's why you know that may be part of the reason why the flood came because if he didn't one of those things walking around would just com completely wipe out a city just as he's looking just for something to eat, not even paying attention to what he's stepping on. It was that big. It's the size of a mountain. That elephant would have destroyed the ark just with a foot. Like it, just it was one huge. foot. Just crunch. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. And mm -hmm. uh, to, to me, it's uh, – and then the other part of Mike's work is all of these hardened hearts that he's found. Have you seen any of that? I have not. Oh man, he's no. He has he has found all of these rocks that all have the same shape and and anatomically correct as what would be a heart. And the way that it's explained, I'll do, this is a whole. This is another journey for you, because within five minutes of me being on the phone with him, and he's on a time difference because he's in Spain, but the sun was actually coming up here, and I and I said, hey, I'm gonna. I'm going to walk out here. I had a bunch of river rock and I had got, I had a bunch of field stone that I had gotten for, you know, going around my garden and stuff. And I went over where the pile of field stone was. And I remember specifically seeing this weird looking rock. I'm like, what is this thing? And I picked it up and I showed it to him. And he said, turn, he said, turn it over. And I turned it over and he went, Oh wow. Oh wow. He's looking. I'm like, yeah, look at this thing. Do I have it out here? Let me have it in the garage out here. So I've got it. I kept the rock, but literally the rock was chipped open and you could see the, the, the pores inside the, the what would have been the, a heart. Like it, I would have never known what to look for. And he's sitting there explaining to me what this thing was. So I'm looking at this going, what are the odds that, you know, what's God say he's going to do? He hardened the heart of Pharaoh. He, he, you know, he, he hardens hearts and it's just kind of how it's, poetic and, and and real that maybe that's what he's done he's hardened hearts of many and and it's literally we're walking on top of them i mean that's just, i never wow. i've never heard that before that's really bizarre um like where do, yeah does he have any theory your friend mike does he have any theory on where these come from um he thinks that they were destroyed by uh like if 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 a body goes through like say a volcano or anything like that the, the the heart because of the lining around it uh and if the body cooked at a certain temperature or whatever that the, the heart would actually be the main thing that would survive even over bone huh. the way that the way that the the sack that's around the the heart the protective sack what it does the, the what it's made up of it's it's really interesting how it protects the heart and it literally like it would cook it to 
to, to you know the iron or whatever the heart you know whatever's in our blood it the way that he describes it literally it petrifies it these the same shape uh the same size as human hearts today or are they they're bigger? huge some of some no they're they're massive they're a bunch of different sizes that but they all have the exact same distinctive shape and places where the valves would be coming in just amazing and and like i said it took me five minutes to walk out and i'm going oh my gosh and it's and it's like go find another rock pick a pick another shape of a rock and go try and find rocks you're not going to find as many as this particular shape with where the where the where the uh, markings are where all the indentions would be especially a heart that might be kind of flattened you know and compressed so you know how we talk about cities being built on top of cities we've yeah. maybe and if you talk some indigenous well, i don't want to use the word indigenous we all are um some cultures talk about this being like the fifth age that we've had other ages here not necessarily going back like millions of years but we've had different if you want to say time periods here or ages where again it reminds me of we we've had one story it got wiped here and we've had remnants of it then it came again and this is kind of the last now that's kind of goes into like where we where we go what's what is this stuff when is this stuff for why is this well, stuff here what if that's part of the whole process of of uh the miry miry clay mixed with iron the last kingdom what if each one of those wasn't actually a kingdom but an actual era and the right. last the last era would be where there's there's technology what if technology wasn't everywhere in everyone's household it was only in certain places like you couldn't be you couldn't live out on the side of a mountain and drive into town in a George Jetson mobile, you know, you just drive off the cliff and you can just float in. Maybe that, maybe that was going on. But my, my point is, is that maybe the kingdoms that we were taught, what if those are actual eras? That's just something that popped into my head. What if those are actual eras in that vision? I wonder what the original text says and how, it, how that would break down if there's a way to break that down. Because if, what if that is something that explains ages rather than kingdoms? And the last one would be miry clay mixed with iron, which would, I would imagine, especially with what they're doing, um, technology is literally becoming part of our, our DNA. Uh, just interesting to me. Yeah, it brings us to now again. But what also, it brings us back to 70 AD, where Noel goes to, if Jesus, if Yahusha came back in 70 AD. Mm-hmm. That what it cleared up now was was then wait then we're not waiting for the rapture because then that happened back in seventy A.D. So a lot of things shifted and then what did that reveal next? And we went well if that's happened. Are we waiting for the thousand years or did the thousand years happen? So then it was like kind of being like the thousand years quite possibly happened. We have much evidence where, of it. Where where would where would Jesus be? Be uh, where would he stay during the thousand-year reign? Where would he be geographically located? We believe the if we'll if we'll say the North Pole. The, um, okay, and the, that's where there. I suppose a mountain, a, a giant mountain, is right in the in the middle. Right. Our area also would be perhaps the maybe the most northern the northernmost kingdom to that too. 
You Can know what I would the call it? Center, center pole, would that be better? The center, the center <laughs> the ax, yeah, right. the, yeah. Yeah, the axle. <laughs> yeah, and it, we don't have a self pole. We have more of a, what would you call that? Um, it's like a magnetic ring around us almost. It's it still works out the same. I mean, there's still, there's still there's still an east and a west and a north and a south, right? Within it, with perspective, yes. Yeah. yeah. With so with the seventy AD, where did this bring you, Rick? Because for us, when seventy eight came D, it was like it opened up our eyes to, to a whole lot of others. Because once again, Yahusha came back into the picture, and all of a sudden we could see before, and we could see after clear, and we could see now clear. But then we also went, hey, and then we started realizing what was what was here all over the world being revealed. The architecture, the stud, the, the star forts, what the mud flood um, and uh, well, and, and melting and, and all the change that had happened. Mm -hmm. But we were like, wait a second, something's pointing to us that there was a paradise time here. And there's well, the, nothing and the in the narrative that, me, that explains well, that. And and show me a time where it's blatant that people are actually uh, like literally it's being broadcast to the world. Satanic rituals, you know, literal, you know, demonic behavior on television. I mean, this is I mean, I'm looking at this going, he's already being worshipped right in front of us. He's already set himself up to be esteemed as the most high. He's doing it now. The devil is actually doing this. He's placing himself in a position right now to to you know correct have it's everybody happened. worshiping it's it, it, he's doing it's happening right now and so when would that happen would that happen after the millennial reign well this is when we said what when, why would the mud flits happen and if we if many of us came to the including conclusion was satan was let out for a time at the end and his fallen ones to rule and we say, well, then that happens when? That happens after. We figured it happened after the millennial reign. After the millennial reign. And then what does that bring us to? And then this is why many of us go in New Jerusalem. And this is why it's happening. Why it's so blatant is because it's happening yes. right now. Huh. Yeah. That's what we kind of talked about, isn't it, Noel? Like, yeah. It's, it's so obvious that there's an actual movement like even seeing people falling for the shenanigans that are going on right now and putting their faith in pharmacia into sorcery and witchcraft. I mean, that alone is mind blowing to me. It was, it was mind blowing to me when this whole thing started, how many churches folded and uh, caved and quit having service. I mean, it's like none of them got the Psalm 91 vax, I guess. So, I, I, <laughs> yeah, the 5013C, they didn't have school the other day where I am because the school's giving out vax. It's just like, okay. Yeah. Oh, we're uh, hooking up with the, we're hoping well, with the hospital and the DOH. I'm like, all for our benefit. It's really, well, and it's flipped. You know what I mean? Supposedly oh, for yeah. our good. Yeah. Then there's, and that's another prophetic thing. You know, they'll call what's evil good and what's good evil. So, but here's here's the goal. let's go back to this whole thing about the the where 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 Christ would have been during the reign if the millennial reign was happened. Let's say it happened, and he was at, in the kingdom, you know, in, in, on the on center point. Okay, Noah's Noah's talked about this. He could um, share what we've um, 
discuss. Well, no, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Rick. Finish your thought. Yeah, because I'm thinking that okay, for the mud floods to happen, I, I'm just, I'm just maybe, I'm maybe I've seen too many movies, but if if once his millennial reign is over, where does he supposedly go? Well, I, here's here's. Or does he last, put the wall? Or does he put borders up and you can't get there? Yeah, uh, last week when I was going over the Enochian calendar, the ten-week prophetic calendar, um, I, I pointed out a, a few things. One is that it, it it's just like the um, Revelation where it, when Satan goes over the plane of the earth and he deceives the whole world to, after he's released, he deceives the whole world to what? To surround the camp of Yah. Well, the same thing happens in Enoch's calendar where um, it, we, we see that the walkers, when they're released, it says um, that they basically, they trample over the highways and the kings of the earth and they take over the righteous lands. Um, it, by this point, the, um, in the, <clears throat> In the eighth week of the prophet of the prophetic calendar, it says that the the this is when the millennial kingdom happens. It says that the righteous build homes, like these big mansions all over the earth, which is what we're seeing. And but what it does, what it says though, the one thing that will frustrate the watchers and the angels is that uh, in Enoch it talks about how they're, they're going to trample over all the righteous lands, but they will not be able to take over the righteous city. Um, and that's so i i think that there is a a camp say i don't believe it's new jerusalem yet um i mean if the city they, you're, you're talking new, about the city when it comes in yeah i don't believe new jerusalem has come down yet but uh i believe i i, I don't think yahusha necessarily went anywhere i think he stayed where he was at and that has been closed off to us which is the that's, north. What, that's what i was saying did he, is, yeah. there, is there a border yeah okay and Noel, there's a reference of the city of Enoch, I believe, in uh, the writings of Abraham. So maybe that's another reference to a place. I don't well, know. I think I think the city of Enoch is the same thing as the New Jerusalem. Okay, it was actually, yeah, like according to that, the the city of Enoch was a pre-Diluvian city on the earth that mm -hmm. was taken up, and I I think that that's the one that's going to return. So, um, so, so okay, so so okay, so here's my thing. If the border is up, this is this is, and the reason why I was trying to ask that question is because it ties into the mud flood. Then, so the mud flood would have happened about the same time either the border came up, which would also mean that Satan and his his minions would have been released. Or cast or cast down. Yeah, I think that I think that they were. Um, I don't know when the casting down happened. There, there's a lot of different theories on that. Um, I mean, I kind of wonder if the casting down happens in in the Coming beginning. Up. Well, no, no, no. That it happened long time ago. But that that's okay. So we talk about the 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 watchers are buried within the the hills and the valleys of the earth. Right. They're going to come out of that. That probably is when the mud flood happened. Was Satan released from prison wherever that was at the same time? Or were, 
sometimes I wonder if the watchers were maybe not released all on the same day, but they were released like months or years apart. You know, it could have been like a decade here and there, but there was all these random events where they were coming out. Um, there's a lot does of possibility. Does, does it say anywhere that they're all released simultaneously? And if not, what if they're not all released yet? It seems to imply in Enoch at their return, plural, that they all come out pretty much at the same time. Okay. Now, now, I, I would assume that when John is writing Revelation, that Satan is released. He never talks about the Watchers released, but the 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 prophetic event seems to be the same thing. So I would assume that he would be released around the same time as well. Pissed and angry, and you know, a thousand years is a long time for a man to think and to plot and to scheme about what you're going to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. So okay, so where does this leave us? What's next? If this is the case, if if let's say that this happened, the millennial reign already happened. Where do you think we are at, at this particular time? Now that these things are being revealed from our you know biblical cosmology, obviously bigger events happening that they're hiding from us. Complete well, territories that were once kingdoms are being hidden from us, technology hidden from us. I mean, I, I don't, I guess I don't know if, if I guess the big question is, it could be an either or or both. Um, the big question is, is everything building up for an invasion of the kingdom, which we see that with like NASA and all sorts of stuff? Um, or is, um, or are they just kind of the, the bad? guys just biding their time until Yahusha is completely or you know the most high basically intervenes and said that's it we're done we're done here um you know like we see like with the the covid you can't even call it a vax you know it's a, a i call know, it a program genetic, yeah it's, it's what is it genetic therapy i don't know what the, even the right word for it is at this point well, um therapy sometimes is manipulation Right. I mean, they're they're manipulating. And that's what I'm saying that we're like we're at this point where they're just like making people into the image of the beast at this point. And so I don't know at what point I, I can almost imagine it just gets to the point where Yahuwah, the most high is like, OK, my set apart ones can't even live like this anymore. You know, they've been they've been withholding from all this. I have to come intervene to save them because they're they're destroying everybody. So it could get, well, that's, you know, that's the whole thing. Yeah. So he says, I have to come back or there'd be no flesh left. We're flesh. Yeah. You know? And if you change the flesh, you're no longer flesh in God's image, you know, or, you know, God's image. So what do you, what do you have? You, you have, uh, hybrids. You, yeah. You have chimera again, basically. And they have, and I've heard them call some of this gene therapy chimera, a chimera virus. So, that in of itself tells you, I mean, you're, you're throwing animal proteins involved in this. You're putting it straight into the bloodstream. What else can go wrong? You know, you're literally putting, and especially what is it? If you, there's a reason why we cook the blood, uh, cook all the, you know, don't, don't have any blood. You get, you drain the animal you cook the, you, when you cook an animal, you don't want to have any blood in it. You don't do that. That's just something you don't do. And, uh, you know, if there's, quote unquote life in the blood what what is life you know obviously we know what that means from a spiritual standpoint but i'm talking from a biological standpoint you know you take an organism and you put it and mix it into an organism that your soul is actually operating and you take the quote unquote dna or the life uh, uh pattern 
of this or code of this animal and you put it into a bloodstream of another being, um, you're, uh, it's the days of Noah to me. It's the same thing. It's the, it's DNA manipulation. Okay. So here's, and I don't want to, I don't want to steer away from anything you want to talk about, but I did, I was interested to um, go into giants because you talked about the, the giant mounds near your house. Yeah. And here's some here's here's something that I'm thinking about a lot is when we think of giants biblically we think human good giant bad right so the nephilim were bad the rephim were bad um I asked you about the hearts earlier because you know size is it's kind of perspective in some sense like mm -hmm. humans might have been a lot bigger before the flood right so um one of the things that comes into Tartaria are giants. And we see these gigantic doors the size of buildings. And, you know, we, we know that there was a lot of giants on the earth. We see, um, like, the, the, the mummies um, all over North America where they're dug up and they're giants. Mm -hmm. And so what has my interest is you know, we hear about the Spanish coming over, Columbus, and then the Spanish, and then the conquistadors. and in all these giant stories, I have this book in front of me. I have a couple of them. One's called The Giants That Ruled Who Ruled America. And the other one's called The Suppressed History of America. And this book, the, the Ancient Giants Who Ruled America, the whole book is just going through newspaper clipping after newspaper clipping after newspaper clipping in the 1800s of you know people digging up these massive giants in America. And then you know the Smithsonian backs up, beep, 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 and hauls them off, right? And they all disappear. But Okay, so my point is, is that in the Spanish, in all the accounts of the Spanish coming over in the like the 1600s, uh, really the 1500s, the 16, early 1600s, let's just go back to the 1500s. They there's constant stories of these Spaniards coming over, and the giants were ruling North America. They were in charge of whole tribes, um, and then all of a sudden, and then we see this huge genocide that we're told of in the official narrative that the spanish came over and just mass genocide well by the time the english and the french came over and started colonizing you don't hear any stories of giants they're all gone or um, they're out west or they're out west well they're further out west but then by the time you get to the out west they're killed off too you know yeah and well, that um, goes back to those maps prior to the mud flood where it was called no man's land where they said there were giants living in that area and that makes sense with some of the reports where they, they said that the American Indians um, found where the, you know, the ruddy or the reddish bearded giants were living. And they, you know, they basically killed them with carbon, uh, carbon dioxide. Well, carbon, okay. Carbon dioxide. You know what I'm talking about in the cave? You know, I mean, yeah, this, yeah, was, yeah. this was, this was in the newspaper back in the was, day. Was it like Lovelock uh, cave or something like that? The, yeah. the, the Native Americans, okay, so here's here's the big the the big thing with Tartaria, the Millennial Kingdom, a lot of kind of stuff, is the the Native Americans, they have no stories of this. Like they they don't talk about San Francisco, they don't talk about Chicago, they don't have, and it's like, well, that's kind of interesting. All their stories of the giants are that they were bad. Again, Bible says human good, giant bad, right? Well, but then there, there are like you can look at some of um, the, the digs of the giants. They look like pretty nasty things. But then there's others where 
there, you're like even in Yosemite National Park when they pulled up that that queen with like a crown on her head, she was like a twelve footer or something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these that they're coming up with with armor, like just elegance and crowns and and to really they don't look like these, you know, you know, me smell the blood of an Englishman kind of like ogres. Like they, you know, they seem like they were very elegant and and royal. Um that's, so what they dug, that's what they dug up out here back in the late sixties, early seventies. That's that's it was and they they thought they were digging up American Indians. Okay, go and, into that. Well, okay, so uh the University of Notre Dame came out to Southern St. Joe County, which Notre Dame is located in St. Joseph County, but they came out uh, to a township called uh, Liberty Township or North Liberty, Indiana. And it's on the outskirts um, of South Bend, probably, what, 10, 15 miles maybe. And there's a uh, waterway out here, and it's called the Kankakee. Uh, And then there's other there's other if you want to call them ditches or whatever, that's all changed. You know, the Northern Indiana used to be nothing but a giant swamp. Um, but they, they ended up, uh, they ended up digging along this bank and um, they thought they were going to be digging up, like just looking for Indian stuff and, uh, or American Indian jewelry or whatnot, or, or just evidence. From what I understand, that was the official story is why they were coming out there. Uh, there were locals there that witnessed this that was actually, I believe it was at the South Bend Tribune and they dug up anywhere from 8 to 9.5 to 10 foot people Uh, that that was their height and they were like you said, Noel, they were kind of dressed in um, like like somebody did some type of ceremonial burial uh, unless they were all killed at the same time and they were just put into mass graves with whatever they had on. I don't know. But what I can tell you is, is they supposedly put them back and didn't put it like, didn't take the bodies or anything. They put them back because they thought that it was native American. You can't touch it, get away from it, go away. They didn't want to disrespect anybody. My feeling is I, I, I want to get a hold of the guy that knows exactly where the dig is. And I'm not saying let's go out and dig it up. I'm saying, I would like to know if they ever came back and find the owners and find out if they ever came back and exhumed them, like you said, with the Smithsonian or whoever, and taken these things away. What I will tell you is, is that this area out here is, uh, I was not alone on this, but there's a lot of wild stuff going on in the sky here, especially at night. There's things that have been seen. There have been lights that have been seen out there. There have been lights over Lake Michigan. There have been lights in the water, underneath water. I mean, just a lot of wild stuff that ties into the whole quote unquote UFO phenomenon or whatever you want to call it. So there's something interesting about giants or Nephilim or, you know, mutants, whatever you want to call them or hybrids. There's something about that getting tied into uh, the Smithsonian, which, you know, I know the Smithsonian is, is the, you know, I believe it's always been, its purpose has always been to get the information and hide it. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know what else you can do as far as, you know, how do you prove anything that's true that they said they dug up unless you actually talk to the eyewitnesses. And this is, you know, some of the old timers that were there aren't there now. I mean, they're, they're, they're long gone. They're, they're deceased. Um, but there, I think there's one or two guys left that actually witnessed this that are in this area. And I, I should try and track them down and, 
have a conversation with them. But boy, wouldn't it be cool though if they did have an, a backhoe? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I mean, I'd love to. I would love to take something and bring it out and show people. And be like, there you go. Here it is. I, I, uh, I, I, I don't. I, I won't give the person's name. He knows who he is. He can always jump in here. But I was at a, a visiting another person at his house, and he has a giant mound, a massive giant mound in his property. And um, and he was basically like, like, yeah, don't dig this up because you you know your ass will be thrown in jail. Uh, they'll just come out and just haul you off for doing that. Have you seen the um, photo where the where the Mississippi River and the Great Lakes are the, if you turn it upside down, the Great Lakes were all connected. It was like the mouth of the Nile. And they um, show how the Mississippi was like the Nile. And that's how you have a lot of this here. And that would place giants over in the Americas in a way that like, and also I, I, I think when we were talking about ages and kingdoms before, we might be going into remnants of this but we know the architecture shows us that, hey, why is that door so big? Um, so what is it? It, it, it? it goes to us again that, okay, we were being lied to. No matter what was it, we were being lied to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's good to just to test everything. Now, you know, do I make this my mission in life to, do I wake up every day and, like, put, you know, my my prayers or my concerns or my conversation with you know the father throughout the day do i do i uh do i let this override that no no i don't um but i i know where i know that i want to know i know that i want to know so that i'm not deceived and i i I think that it's very important especially in a time like this because you know people that don't even know half of the stuff that we're talking about know that they know a lot about project blue beam they know a lot about the deception that's coming that there's they're going to try and pose as aliens and my whole thing is is what if it isn't holographic what if it is something that can literally be very real and tangible and have its own dna and that kind of thing could they be doing something like that and i believe that that's the big that's the one that's going to really get people to believe if they actually pull that off and that to me whether that's like locusts locust from the pit, like yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like... totally. And you know, like you know, the this is the year of the cicada, you know, the cicada, right. whatever. You know, and, and if you see Starlink, and you said what they're doing, I'm like, well, they could project whatever they want up into the exactly. sky, make it exactly. look real. Exactly. So have you from, uh, from above? Have you heard of any of this talk about um, the resurrection of Nimrod, uh, Rick? You know what? I, I I have heard of this, and I heard it years ago uh, that they were talking about this, and it had to do with the whole DNA thing. And um, yeah, man, you know, you get on YouTube back in the day when you could actually watch something. Um, but yeah, I'd love to know more about this because to me, we, if we look at what's been going on with our pop culture or with our, you know, our, you know, quote unquote, whether it's Santa Claus, whether it's Nimrod, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, whether you're keep, keeping Yule or doing Christmas, all these different celebrations, man, there's so many ties back to actually it being Nimrod. 
that, uh, that, that I could see them doing this big reveal and him going, you know, I, I mean, just how silly and how dumb, but I could see him going, you did the right thing with Christmas all these years. I'm, you know, it was me. I am Santa Claus. I am, you know, uh, whatever the guy's name for Yule. You know, I'm him. I am St. Nicholas. I am these things. I've always been this. It's been my spirit all along that's been guiding. I mean, I could see all the craziest things go down, setting everybody up. I mean, like I said, they got people wearing masks. They got people wearing masks, just hide, hiding behind masks and, and putting a muzzle on and afraid to even look at each other in the eye. It got, you know, the love is waxing colder and colder each day. And uh, so, yeah, this whole thing with Nimrod is very intriguing to me because it's kind of like, um, uh, what, what, what do you guys know about Janice? Is Janice related to Nimrod in a way in terms of the, the, the uh, goddess? I'm just asking. Yeah, the god or goddess. The two-faced god. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the two-faced god. Because something I've heard interesting, and because you bring up Nimrod, and we're talking a lot of the things we 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 don't talk about the sea, right? We talk about the land, the sea. Oh, there's a great unknown. Well, and so one of the things they have is ahead. they have a Janus Island in Antarctica, and they got a Janus Island in Greenland, and it's almost like, okay, what are these two points that we got here guarding? in a way so when we say if nimrod they were doing these things why and you you bring up this question it, it's it's like they're revealing something what it what is being shown here what is being revealed here and so yeah please continue it well I, i'm just looking at it from the standpoint of if we if we know that nimrod is is you know look they were look look what was going on back back during his time when he was killed you know, look what look look what all came from that. Look what came from his whole life. And look where it is, look where it is today. And I and uh, Skiba did what, what was the series that he just did? And it was um, oh, was it the first to be the last and something else? Uh, what was the phrase he used? Oh man, hang on a second. Let me look and see if I can see it real quick. I got it. But my point is, is that it's it's basically it's a it's a resurrection. Uh, but is it Nimrod? I don't think that his is saying it's Nimrod. Don't I, I don't want to quote. Don't quote me on this. Skiba uh, was the one who originally spoke about this, I think, because I remember him was talking it, a lot Nimrod, about Nimrod. Is it Nimrod or Apollyon? Which a is Nimrod. A, a Nimrod, Nimrod is yeah. Apollyon, I think, is what he was yes, saying. That's right. That's uh, right. That's right. But what was like interesting here is this ties into the story with. Um, they're preparing host body. You know, they're trying for that, that we, the stories that we heard, they're trying to, um, how do I say this? Like whether they're re resurrecting or they're, um, or trying to take over bodies. Okay. Right? Like well, with now that you just term. said that, with you just saying that, you just may, remain, uh, maybe remember something that just happened here in the last few weeks. And no, I think I mentioned it to you, but I, man, I was, maybe it wasn't you I was on the phone with. Um, did, have you guys seen this guy in Israel right now? The Israel that they're calling Israel today. Have you seen this thirty-year-old guy that's that they're put, basically the rabbis are putting yeah. hands on him while he's touching the wall? Have you seen this guy? I have not. They're calling him Messiah. Yes. They're calling him Messiah, and he's half Jewish and he's half Muslim. Huh? But he's, I, he's dressed I, as a Jew. He's I saw that as, as, as well, but I. I I had heard that he was just like uh, considered to be uh, like they were just honoring him because of his knowledge of Torah. Okay. Uh, like uh, I saw a couple videos on it and then 
there wasn't anything co- concrete, but uh, there's a, t- a and on honesty, Rick, there's so much of that kind of stuff happening right now stuff where yeah. it's just things are up. coming out and you can't keep up with it. I think it's, I think it's the, I think it's like having so much information but having so little access to truth. They're just spamming all this stuff to distract us. I'm telling you, guys and gals, I'm telling you the 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 only way of going about this at this point in time is testing everything in spirit and asking the Father to reveal it. I'm telling you, He's been loyal to me on this. The the, the whole the you know, and I'm not saying I know everything because I don't. It's that if you go into this with a childlike heart, you really want to know the answer and you seek it diligently. You're gonna you'll. I do believe that that's what He's doing. He's connecting people together. That if, okay, I've done this research. I've done this research. Now here's what you need to go look at. Don't let me fool you. Go check it out for yourself. This is what you you know. This is the direction I went. This is where he led me, and I think that's where we're at. I think that's what we're finding is there's so many dots that are being connected. That what are we doing? We're all trying to learn. We're all trying to learn, and at the same time, work on our relationship with our Father. You know, and 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 do this the right way. And I think that's where uh, I think that's what we need to really. If anything comes from all this information tonight, is what a blessing to actually have put on us a mind that doesn't want to just sit and watch cable TV and, and this and that. And that's, like I said, it's not me pounding in my chest and go, look at us. We're cool. I'm saying I'm humbled by this conversation because there's so many things I want to dig into now and see how it's all related in, into the scriptures, even. And like Noel said, you know, the book of Enoch, there's a lot in there about what's going on today and how everything works from the spiritual side as well. That if we if we can connect these dots, I mean, do you know how many people we could actually say, oh, you didn't believe in Jesus? Let me show you who he is. Let me show you the life of or Yeshua. Let me let me show you the life of of you know the one that actually came and did exactly as he said he was going to do. And here's and that's and what here's brings the us deception. to seventy A.D. And that's what brings us to seventy A.D. That he said he he was going to return, and Noah's like, I think he already did because he wouldn't have mm. said it otherwise. And you just reminded me of something else about the times, and let's see if I can remember. Um, you, you're you're right on, and the deception ran deep this time. But it was it was again. I, I know what it was. The rapture. Remember, there was so much debate. Are we is yeah. the rapture to come? Are we are you post pre mid and what? We're all like, and then we, when we came to seventy A.D. and then the millennial all happened. Oh, guys, we're way. <laughs> that happened. Wait, well, what does that mean now? Even better. Even better is all to be revealed, and we know who's coming to um, make right. Yeah. We're still going to get a resurrection. We still get eternity. And, um, and yeah, people really start to, when it, it's funny how people really start to freak out. I've had a lot of people I mean, when, when you well when you find they're like what you're saying we missed the millennium like they start, start <laughs> no they just go to like you know overdrive and start overheating and um so I don't want to disrupt from um what you guys are saying I do want to just say we're coming up on ten thirty so you know if we got if everyone wants to kind of finish up and leave you know we can always just um close this up and keep keep talking but the the one thing that really kind of gets to me that I haven't been able to totally figure out yet. It's a, it's not as clean of a picture as I would like 
for the millennial reign. It makes a lot of sense, but there's still a lot of things in there. Like I brought up the giants. Like why are we finding giants all over the earth that appears to be reigning from different cities and civilizations? Um, you know, why do we see so many buildings that are custom designed for giants, you know, and libraries of giant books and, and things like that. And then a lot of the buildings you you can I, I had pointed out before you got here, Rick, I had pointed out, I started explaining about when I was looking in the buildings in, in Europe and I went to Bath, England, and I was making a, a, a I was pointedly stating that when they dug up Bath and their official explanation was that, you know, it had been left unkipped for a couple hundred years and the dirt buried it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there was actually, there weren't the statues there and they went in and they put a bunch of statues to make it look Roman. And they'll even tell you this. So we can see all over the world where they were putting in gods and goddesses on top of these buildings in the 1800s, uh, like in the Capitol buildings and that kind of stuff. So if they're millennial, they wouldn't have had all those gods and goddesses on them. However, there are some buildings that really bother me. One of them is a Roslyn Chapel in Scotland. I went there and that's one of the most like occult, like there's, there's probably like, I think almost like a hundred green men in that building, not to mention like pictures of Lucifer. And I mean, it's just like, it's, it's crazy. And that you know, Roslyn chapel was built to look like Solomon's temple. And then you go to places like uh, a Chateau de Chambard, uh, which was built by one of the Ninja Turtles, Michelangelo. Um, and Chateau uh, de Chambard, I, I was like, going crazy there when i went and visited it because another you know enlightenment building it looks very millennial rain uh you know tartarian and it's it was it's this huge castle that was built to resemble the four corners of the earth it was actually built to resemble new jerusalem so you're thinking aha you know this this here we go millennial rain right well, what's really interesting about uh, Chateau de Chambard is they had Michelangelo's original diaries in there, and the guy loved the coiling double helix. Like, he was writing it all over his diaries like a Manchurian candidate. And, like, over and over and over, he just couldn't stop drawing it. So that whole Watson and Crick story in, like, 1952, that's so fake. Like, they did not discover the, the, the occult, like, already knew it existed. Like, they already know, they already knew about the coiling double helix, whatever is going on with that. Uh, I have so many different thoughts on that. But so when you go into the Chateau de Chambard, in the very center of it, they actually have a coiling double uh, helix staircase. It's really crazy. This thing, you know, predates the 1950s, obviously. It goes back to the 1600s or whatever. According to the you Fisher wrote an Mary. article about this. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it twists and twists and turns around and um, as you go up, so the two staircases never meet. And as it twists and coils up through like all five layers, you start noticing uh, of the, you start noticing more and more of these like spiritual beings as you're going up. And finally, you get to the top floor, and it's domed like the firmament. Mm -hmm. And on this on this dome firmament, you see like centaurs and like serpents everywhere, dragons. And you're like, well, that's really weird. Why are there like Nephilim creatures and serpents and dragons all over the firmament. And then it the coiling double helix breaks through the firmament and goes up to the top. And it's like this glass elevator. It looks like something from Willy Wonka. 
And the tour guides, what, the, I, I went and asked the tour guides about this. They're like, oh, yeah, it's the Tower of Babel. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, it, it's like, okay, so the, the designer, um, the designer, Michelangelo, he's taking the coil double helix and saying this represents our ascent and our eventual conquest of heaven. So I'm looking at this stuff going like, how in the world is this? strand too. A DNA strand, exactly. Yeah, and, and then he, so, and they're telling you about the Nephilim and everything with this this DNA strand. You start connecting all the pieces. Wow. But the, what the town was is, that again? This uh, this is in uh, I think it's still in Normandy, France, probably on the southern border of Normandy. Um, it's uh, like maybe three hours from Paris. It's called Chateau de Chambord. I could write it down here. I'll write in the in the chat here. So guys, is it on the, the staircase was five stories? Is that what you said? Um, four or five stories. Yeah, and this is like wow. castle story. So we're talking very tall uh, ceilings. Yeah, he, uh, you have, he has photos of it and on his website and his article about this place. Yeah, and, um, yeah. That, 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 put that link up if you get a chance, Norris. I think you were going about the DNA, like questioning yeah. the DNA. That we go and we really have no actual picture. It's so, all been a yeah. And there's there's like really weird things in this castle. Like they could have planted this stuff, but really weird things. Like there's a there's an actual date rape kit, and it actually shows Pan on the cover, like the the goat boy Pan raping a girl, and it. It's actually a, like some weird things in there, like these like Apollo clocks and the same symbol that you see on Apollo 13. It's an Apollo clock. But um, they could have planned all that later. But I have these questions like if we're looking at the Blue Range, how do we what are castles like this doing? Did they just change the narrative? Did they, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just have so many questions. How do you explain something like Roslyn Castle? Because that place, like, there is no, I, I can't justify Roslyn Castle. Like, that thing is like a cold. And that goes storm. old. And it's what? older than a few hundred. How old are these places, supposedly? Uh, well, the Roslyn Castle, um, you know, the, the, the Knights Templar, the Friday the 13th thing is a big hoax that they were all arrested, like thousands of them in one night in France, whatever. That's a sub bogus. But, um, you know, they, the, all the Knights Templar went underground and then. Uh, Roslyn Chapel is supposed to, you know, be a part of like the Grail myth and the Knights Templar and all that kind of stuff. Um, right out there out of Edinburgh. Um, I don't know. So maybe 500 years old, Roslyn Chapel, something like that, according to the official narrative. And the other place, the um, place with Chateau, the... Chateau, well, Michael, let's see, Michelangelo, uh, I think 1600s uh, would be Chateau de Chambard. Uh, Bath, England, of course, that goes back to the Romans, uh, according to the official timeline. Um, so, that, but that was the reason I, I targeted those because I was looking at Enlightenment architecture. I mean, some of this stuff is is phenomenal, um, like um, Mont Saint uh, Michel in Normandy, France. It's like straight out of Lord of the Rings. It's the most beautiful castle ever. Um, but you know, I could just go and I could look at it and go like, okay, well, there's the, there's the double, there's the two pillars of Freemasonry and the eye above it. And like, there's just weird things and all this stuff. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not, it was it left it, over. Well, it was almost that, like, yeah, they, maybe they weren't destroyed, but they weren't used for evil purposes anymore. And they were left for maybe a museum, <laughs> maybe. And then when they were let go, they, 
you know, it was now it's a church. It was. So maybe back in the day, these were not nice places. Well, and when, some of these big buildings as mental health awards. So, right. And so when the millennial kingdom programming, right. And so when the millennial reign came, right, they weren't used for that. And then like what Rick just pointed out, when in the last 200 years, they've been used for all different purposes. And whether, you know, it's like that was used for a mental hospital, that was used for a mosque, that was used for a church. Wait a second. It's the same building. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. Right. <laughs> I have a yeah, quick uh, question for Rick. If You go yeah. for it. Um, so it's kind of a two-part question. Um, so, Rick, what would you say would be your quote-unquote area of expertise when it comes to, like, quote-unquote conspiracy theory and, you know, biblical cosmology and, and – everything like that what what would you say are one or two of or three of your like your main focuses and where you have the most knowledge that well the, the biggest one would be uh if i had to pick a topic the one that i've done the most footwork on uh in my life would be uh biblical cosmology would be the flat earth side that's the biggest one uh and you know how does that pertain to the bible people will debate the scriptures all day long I went straight to, you know, to the most high with this. I, I, I was praying for confirmation. I received it. I don't know if you ever saw the video of what happened, but just the whole thing of how he did it. I had lightning strike in front of my house. Literally, as I'm re- reading a, a folder that reappeared uh, in a box of stuff that I put away in 1993 that I know I did not put that folder in there in 1993. Uh, just wild stuff. And I guess if there's a conspiracy, the conspiracy is uh, that I think man thinks he knows more than he does. And, and, you know, there's obviously ways that, you know, uh, the father can, can do things that we can't understand. So my biggest thing would be flat earth, uh, or biblical cosmology, biblical earth. And so it, that, it, was, it was probably like June of 2016 and Rick Hummer had one of the biggest moments in my life of, <clears throat> Of biblical cosmology and that was when he did the chicago skyline test with rob skiba uh, probably a lot of people can probably recall remember that when the weatherman said that chicago is a mirage and yeah. so it, it was rick hummer's idea of going well wait a second here i've seen chicago from the time i was a boy across lake michigan so he and rob skiba charter both they record the whole thing and they do the experiment where they they show the camera the whole time on Chicago, they were back, and it wasn't a mirage. And I was sitting at home, you know, flat earthist, 2016, didn't know another soul who was a flat earthist, and I felt so alone and attacked everywhere. And when I saw that, when they came out that video, I was just like bawling, crying, like it was, it 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 legitimized the movement for me. It that yeah. that legitimized the reality of scripture in the world more than probably anything else that's come along was that video. Well, and, and, and let me add to this because this is what, uh, and, and thank, I didn't know that. Noel, thank you for sharing that. I had no idea that you actually saw that back then. That's pretty wild. But the thing that gets me is that when we were planning this, we only had like a 10 day window that Rob could do it. And the weather was, it was kind of warm and you know, you get the sun beating down on Lake Michigan in June. You're not, you're going to have humidity. And we were praying 
we didn't i didn't even know that rob was praying but i was actually praying on the way to get rob so that we could go do this test and then rob was praying at the same time and then to find out later that our wives were praying for us at the same time that we would have clear skies that we would be able to actually pick up on it and see it we all had the same prayer going on asking the father just to give us you know give us give us help here today we're trying to do this to bring others to understand you know obviously exposing our adversaries lies and so the guy that owned the boat he actually said i don't know what you guys did but you know i know you guys what you guys i know what you guys are trying to do as far as getting the the shot of chicago and the way he goes but i have never seen chicago this clear in june ever and when we came out i couldn't believe it either i thought we were i thought we'd see maybe the, the you know the willis tower which was formerly the sears tower i figured it would, would see how it's kind of all it's, a lot of times it's kind of jagged looking and it's all you know the the refraction the it just but no it was it was right there you could see it and you could see other buildings as well and there was just this really weird blue haze in front of the city and i could tell i'm like man the city's being magnified i can tell like the city's being magnified like it shouldn't be as big as we're seeing it. it's the buildings are going to be a lot smaller the closer we get. That's what I, I knew. I'm like, it's the humidity, the particulates in the air, the, 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 were literally, it's like almost like how a swimming pool works. But it was like a perfect type of humidity, perfect clarity through it. It was like a clean particulate, almost like a lens. And, uh, <coughs> sorry, I'm wheezing over here. But it was just kind of wild because the whole time we had Chicago in view, the entire time. The entire time there and the entire time back and you know the guy said because i don't know what you guys you know what you guys did man but you know you, you guys have the best day i've ever seen in june or something like that and i said prayer man we were praying you know because rob and i we we actually prayed together then before we went out on the boat and and to me i know what i know what the word says and i know that he's loyal and i know he's faithful and he is exactly who he says he is and he tells us to do these things and you know, it's it's imperative that we believe that and we have the heart of a child like, you know, he's not going to lie to us. So I've always gone into this, this whole thing. So to go back to the whole conspiracy thing, what you know, what is what is my second thing? My second thing is, is that we have been lied to about how real God is and what he says he is, even by the standards of the church today. When the disciples asked Christ what to do, you know, what are we supposed to do, you know, during this time? And Matthew 10 explains what we're all supposed to be doing, what the disciples were teaching. The, where did it fall off that we're not casting out demons, we're not raising the dead, we're not, you know, healing the sick. We're not doing these things that it says to do in Matthew 10. I fail at it. I'm I'm not doing it. I should be doing Could you imagine meeting one of the disciples today and us saying, oh, this is what I do in my daily routine? They'd look at us like we were morons. Like, you're What? So I, I'm even digging deeper on that end of going, you know, what is the conspiracy at the conspiracy is that we're not even following what Yeshua said to do uh, as disciples, as learners. The word disciple also can mean learner. So he says, go out and make learners of men. Well, kind of what we're all kind of doing right now. Maybe we're, there's a there's a purpose for all of us to be teaching this stuff. And, you know, like Noel's got expertise on this. So I'll, I'll connect the dots with Noel. I'll talk to Ski about this. You know, and, and it's, you know, and it's always good to be able to be corrected and stand corrected. I believe that's why he put the disciples in twos. He, you know, it was accountability and for, you know, encouragement. 
there's nothing like having a brother with you, you know, and especially if you're all together, especially you know, the original disciples. Imagine being in that crew and, and watching him walk out on water. I mean, just, just all of these things that you have to think about. Are we even close to and, and we have the resource? We actually have printed Bibles. We have them in our hands. Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? I'm guilty of it. I know I'm not. And I guess maybe that's the conspiracy. What is the, what is the big thing? The biggest, it, it's not flat earth. It's that are, am I doing and is the church doing what we're supposed to be doing? I 100% agree with that. Yep, that's the, the we got, we're here, um, we were sent here for one purpose. And that is, will we be obedient to the Father? I think that's really what it comes down to. Like, we we see, and I, I, I quote Zen Garcia on this a lot when he talks about the great contest, but the, the idea of the great contest is that it's between Satan and the Most High, and Satan's basically like, we see it with uh, with Abraham and Jasher and with Job, and he's like, hey, look, if I, if I do such and such, they're not going to love you. They're not going to be obedient to you. They're going to curse you. They're going to blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, let's do it. And um, so it doesn't matter how much we've been lied to, you know, what our reality is and it isn't. At the end of the day, are we choosing to be obedient to the Father? Mm -hmm. And um, this is why, of course, my theme verse for cosmology is Revelation 14, 12, that those who are written in the book of life, we come to learn, are those that keep the Father's commands and the testimony of Yahushua. Um, and so it, it, I find it tragic when people come into this, you know, and we're kind of like all like a bunch of Gnostics in a way that we're just, you know, around trying to learn truth and, and apply this. And when I see people just devour and consume, or I should say digest truth, and then they walk away, like going, what is truth? And none of this is real. And that just breaks my heart when, you know, at the end of the day, when people just throw scripture away. Yeah. Oh, I agree. It's it's it, and that's the whole thing is, and and I don't want to be deceived, and I don't want to deceive anybody. I don't. I don't want to deceive anybody, man. I don't want anyone's blood on my head, and and that's not necessarily selfish. It's just being wise. So this kind of all ties back into me being in radio all those years and TV and getting involved in the you know the Hollywood scene and you know wanting wanting to be, you know, involved in movies. You know, my biggest thing was I always wanted to do like. Direct, I wanted to direct. I wanted to make my own picture. I want to do this. I want to make this happen. I, 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 I. And uh, when I realized that, you know, hey, wait a minute, that, you know, there's a limit to to who you are, <laughs> and you, you might want to find out who you're going to be standing in front of. And that wasn't me putting that thought in my head. And I believe that God is actually the one that wakes each and every one of us up, no matter what it is. He uses somebody to plant a seed or an event to happen or humbling. And I think, you know, well, I know this, that he chastises those who, those who he loves. I mean, he's going to he's gonna yeah. guide us in the right direction where he wants us to be. And so kind of a point that I wanted to make on this, you know, waking up stuff, uh, if that's what, you know, we're calling it. And I do believe that's what it is. It is. It's a awakening uh, on so many levels. Um, but one of the things that I, I constantly have to remind myself and I, I do this as often as I can is 
I don't ever want to make fun of somebody or look down at somebody that's not seeing what I'm seeing. And for a while in my life, I was really frustrated that people couldn't see the truth about 9-11, that they couldn't see the truth about who the United Nations really is and, you know, what the Federal Reserve is. And I just started bombarding people with information that did not matter if they didn't understand that they are a soul. <laughs> and uh, so I guess maybe this is where the the, the, the happy medium on, is underlying, it, uh, you, know, to, you know, right in front of our face is that we have a responsibility to be able to bring people into the flock or at least plant those seeds and to be a witness, not just by our words, but by our actions and by our faith and by our walk and by our, like you said, the discipline. And at the same time, we're also called to warn people of the dangers ahead. And I think that's where the church is failing. The church has not, when I say the church, I'm talking about the body of Yeshua, the body of Christ, who we, we are called to be. Many are called, few are chosen. Who's really going to have the guts to stand up to the world and call out and say, guys, there's a giant elephant in Spain. It's petrified, but it's there. Guys, there's a mud flood. There's evidence of mud floods. Guys, we may be living after the reign of Christ. Is that possible? There's nothing wrong with asking that question. There's nothing wrong with seeking that answer. But there are those that are of the flock that we know of, you know, the flock is, is what we know of the flock. There are those that would say, you're not supposed to look into this, guys. It's not important. It's not important. It's not something that needs to be figured out. And my, I think just the opposite. I believe we're supposed to test each and everything and look at it and the nature and what it what it is. And if there's any lies connected to it, you expose the lies. Because that's who, there's only one father of lies. And so if you expose those lies, you're actually taking on your adversary by telling the truth. And the truth will always lead people to Christ. I believe that if they are truly after the truth, they're going to be led to Christ. So exposing the lies of our adversary now, in the now, while it's happening in real time, whether whether the millennial reign has happened yet or not, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of these things are going to get people to open up the scriptures. And the beautiful thing is, is that in the scriptures, that they're, that's where I've always heard people say the real true conviction came when I read it for myself. Yeah. Um, just the... Uh, I Apologies to we kind of went off to, uh, off of the question a little bit, but, <laughs> but I had a, I had a follow up, uh, but that's no worries, no worries. Everything's important. Um, the follow up question that I had, and, and I'm not sure if you have a video regarding this or if you know a video or if somebody doesn't chat, but um, I I saw um, someone post a video there like an anti flat earther. Now I'm I'm flat earth, but um, like I'm not actually a flat earth. I am pro like I believe in flat earth. <laughs> um, Sure, sure. And um, part of part of what Rob Skiba said really stuck with me as well. Just with regards to this, is that he's like he's like the Earth shows the hand like the, the Earth shows the handiwork of Yahuwah, um, and and yeah. that uh, that is what testifies his existence. And and I remember Rob said a while ago, he's, he's like if flat Earth was not real. Um, Due to the amount of times that firmament is mentioned and 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 how things are placed, he's like, I probably wouldn't have any belief in Yahuwah being a legitimate, like who he says he is, because you know 
that's all lies. And and I'm I would say that I kind of I think that you find evidence of a creator in in your observations in science technically science is is a study of is ob- observation um so in real science you find evidence of of a creator and then you seek out that creator and i think yahuwah is the creator um, of that but um this anti-flat earther dude had mentioned something about stars and the fact that if you're on the uh, i think it's on the north northern part of the hemisphere you look up you see certain stars if you're on the southern part of the hemisphere you look up you see different stars or you see the same stars that couldn't appear on a flat earth did you ever come across like um like collating the data when it comes to how the stars move and observing the sky at the same like technical time from different parts of like from different continents or different parts of the earth yeah, I've seen what you're talking about. It's this, it's they call them the Southern Star Trails. They're different uh, than than the patterns. And the whole thing is, is this was my point. It's always been my point. I'm not going to look up to see if my horizon line is flat. I don't know, and I don't think anybody is going to have the answers of how it works up there when he designed this spot for us. We're supposed to get it right here. So my my point to you is is that I don't know what goes on with those southern trails. What I do know is this: water lies flat in Australia, just like it does in Indiana, and it's you know it's a natural level. And so you know by looking up, you know uh, what I see happening, and I've seen I've seen stars go across the sky that you know or a, an illuminated light that just travels across the sky and just keeps on going. And, you know, could that be a quote-unquote satellite? Could that be something that's levitating? Could that be something that's in, you know, some type of a frequency up there that, uh, you know, keeps it? Yeah, could be. Or could it be maybe, you know, a, a chariot? You know, I, I don't know. I'm not there. But what I what I do know is, is that, you know, north is north and south is out or south there or south there. It's out away from north. It's out. It's away from the middle. So, um I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you on that. What I do know that is this, is that from from the time that we could uh, walk and talk, you know, any of us that, that have been around or born after NASA's shenanigans, we've been taught that, you know, it's infinite. It is so infinite. It's so big and vast that it just goes on and on forever, which that's just the opposite, because if it isn't closed and it is exactly the way the Bible described, it's not infinite. It's intimate. Yeah, he local, especially for us. Intimate. He made, but but he made it for us. He he started this whole thing to bring in a kingdom. This this is his story. From the time that he divided the waters, to to the time that the the, the kingdom lands on the ground, you know, no more construction, no more nothing. The the the, the you know the mansion, the mansion's already built. It's done. From the time that he split the water to that, that in of itself, right there. Every single thing was thought out before it happened, and I believe Does, that. that that could explain <laughs> a lot of architecture that was here before. We're like, yeah. how'd they build that? Um, <laughs> like, the well, especially if they're collecting energy, <laughs> especially yes. they're collecting energy, and they were, you know, harnessing frequency to help to keep the bodies healed. You know, you walk in, and and, and frequency healing is real. I mean, I know people that are going through frequency therapy because you do have electric in your body. We're getting blasted all the time with radio waves that are just making us sick. They're literally, it's a slow kill process. I mean, we're doing it to ourselves right now if we're on a cell phone. So, I mean, there's, 
there's a lot going on. Uh, and I hope I answered that question about the star trails. I don't know how they work exactly. I know I've had, I can answer explain it. Go ahead. I can, I can, uh, I can answer lead to a direction. I've seen videos. Uh, not, um, sorry, what, not just, and, uh, like I'll, I'll, I'll clarify a little bit just because uh, there's some people talking. It about leads it. to the magnetics. It leads to magnetics and how this plane is actually more made constructed, which then shows you if we want to talk uh, and how, what you, what this question has been answered. Believe me, it's out there. What Rick said earlier, you got to do a little bit more searching, but people have already addressed the, that particular one and have now other guys who have shown it on a scientific level, um, like making models in their house, um, showing how with the, the way this realm or plane is constructed, um, done, done the design, shown with um, things with magnetics, how that works, even the stars, the, the contrails, because it's, it's, it's not um it's not a it's mystery. definitely ma it's definitely magnetic it's electromagnetic it's it's the the ether's real it's it's yeah and, right and there's so, so many things that works in a troidal field yeah it's yeah exactly so it's not a mystery but what has happened is there's been a lot of disinformation like we you guys are bringing it up we've been taught it okay. was so infinite in all of this so we're coming back to oh wait a second ah here it is so um the questions against this is where it's like, hey, you, it's great you can have that question, but are you, is your question you trying to um, dismiss the Most High here? Is that is that what? <laughs> That's where I'm seeing where a lot of people it's like your question isn't is is not is how does that work? Your question is is the Most High real? That's not the question. The question is is how no, can but I'm someone for in others. No, no, I mean... For some who go there. Yeah, yes. if you could find that information, Michael, um, like like the information that you're talking about, that would be great. I've looked for it, and I, I can't find anything on this particular subject. Just right, where it's been covered. If you look up you in the sky, you can see certain constellations can and can't be seen at certain times from two different places on Earth, which uh, could... Which, which uh, like, they claim to say disproves flat Earth. I know that... Like like you said, Rick, um, when you're when you're looking down at, at the Earth, I see this, it's flat. Like <laughs> there's nothing yeah, flat. I'm exactly. just curious. Like how would that work? I see work? the Southern Cross where I am in Hawaii. I live in the middle of Hawaii. I see the Southern Cross. Oh and yeah, again, I mean, through, like if if you can find to, those videos, I'll, I think they'll be super informative because that's the so only thing is, that I can't this is find explanation so for. So how would how would some of us see the Southern Cross if we're over here? And it doesn't I question it. I think it's just a question of distance again. And perspective. Perspective. And, and, and you can see it. But others have shown more of the science behind it to show, hey, it works like this, and that's working the same way. Yeah. Now, wait, what, what, was it, what was the other part to that, though, that he was asking? I think that, I think I kind of missed it, too. Was there anything else on that question, though? Uh, no, it was, it was just uh, like that's pretty much – like that's the okay. only thing that I can't like I've I've done yeah, a ton hard. of research on it's, flat earth, right? So and yeah. it it all checks out. Like none, none of the crap that people yeah. say seems to disprove it at all. Um and the fact that almost every single government entity operates on a flat a flat model to do all their calculations and like Mac like rail cannons being able to shoot 
miles and miles. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's just exactly. it's so obviously flat that it's crazy. But uh, it's just this guy brought up a good point because the stars do move in specific patterns, um, and they can be counted on. Like they are the stars, the the moon, the sun uh, have been put in the sky for 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 a purpose. And we, you know, well, I call it a, I call it a circuit. They're on a circuit. They're on a they're which is electrical. Um, but the sun and the moon are on a constant drift as well. You know, the sun the sun you know on the flat model that I've seen. Um, and I, you know, I tend to look at the AE map and say, okay, well, that makes the most sense out of any of them, but is that even all the way correct? Not necessarily. Um, but the, the thing is, is the sun obviously is whether or not it's, you know, coming into the summer solstice or the winter solstice, it's, it's either coming towards you or it's going away from you and, you know, on its, on its quote unquote circuit. And my point in that is, is that if the stars are doing the same thing or they're on a circuit they could be on a different circuit than the sun and the moon which would also bring up how they were able to say well that's when the warble happens in the on the globe and so there's you know people are gonna i don't think anyone's gonna have all the answers i don't think that you're gonna have all that no one can give you the measurement of even the size of flat earth let alone the globe they've never measured the globe they say it's twenty four thousand nine hundred one miles who has measured it nobody so you know is that science no that's faith you know well it's an estimation well still you're putting faith in it that it's that size because who measured it you know who held the tape and so when we look at this and i look at all of it you know i i think the southern sky thing is so cool because if it is something along the lines of if the lights are actually in the firmament if they're actually in it, whether that means on the inside or actually inside the firmament, and if the firmament itself is like molten glass, then it could actually be more like a lens, which I'm not necessarily saying that's what it is, but can frequency act as a lens? Yes, and I think it could change your perspective, especially when we see heat waves on highways. Uh, you know, it looks like their car's disappearing into water, and then you get to that same point where you know that car was and there's no puddle. Um, you know, the frequency played, uh, did something. It, it literally made the car disappear. Uh, can that happen with the sky? Absolutely. Why wouldn't it? And especially if Satan himself is the prince of the air, he knows how that would work and how you can literally get people to fall for the globe with mathematics that you've had plenty of time to sit around and think about the equation. Yeah. You know. And and I've, I've actually done, uh, like my, my older brother and I did a bunch of research uh, a couple of years ago just to see what is the deal with stars? Because it seems almost like, like you said, they're atmospheric. They're almost atmospheric phenomena. Um, mm-hmm. They they almost do, like you you can't ever really see them above a certain altitude. It seems, and they never show up there. So it's very. What if the what if the air is like a filter? Like you know the the movie They Live. Like you had to have a certain polarized lens to see through and see the enemy, and you know you could see who was a human and who wasn't, or who was programmed and who wasn't. Um, what if, what if the, that's why Jesus says, keep looking up, you know, uh, you know, are we supposed to be observing these things? But my point is, is that remember when Moses came down and everyone said, turn away from us, Moses, don't look at us because, you know, he, his face was so bright, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why was his face bright? It's because he, he literally absorbed the light of God and it was, it was, it was coming off of him. He, he literally collected it like a glow stick. 
And if that's the case, can you imagine why we're able to see the, illum the luminaries in the sky if they've been in the presence of the creator? Yeah. I mean, they're glowing. They're glowing, and they haven't left their estate. I believe the stars could be the angels. And if all the stars are going to fall to the earth, well, what's going to happen when the angels are sent down here? Isn't there going to be, what's that say in Isaiah 66, uh, talks about the chariots. It talks about the chariots that he's going to render with uh, with fury and uh, flames of fire. You know, I don't believe those are chariots on the ground. I, I could be wrong. But I believe they could be, literally, it could be a, 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 a what is yet to come. And so, uh, or did that already happen? I, I don't think it's already happened. I think this, that's when it, it's, he's going he's gonna to plead with all flesh, it says. So at that point in time, I mean, are we at that point? Are we at this point? Could judgment literally be coming? Like the wrath? Could that be on its way soon? That's something that I want to know. I can't help it. I want to know. Yeah. And that's, 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 where I'm look, that's what I'm looking at. It's like, okay, you've revealed the cosmology to me. You know, for me personally, you're showing me that there were creatures way bigger than anything I've ever heard, you know, and, and, and my buddy, Mike, he's one of the most humble people I've ever met in my life. And I told him, like, you act more like Yeshua to me than most Christians. <laughs> so I told him, I'm like, you really do, man. And, and, and so I look at this and I go, I look at how, you know, the, the, the father can be using anybody he so chooses to bring information to the table. And I, that's why I, I think that's what this is, is that, you know, it's you don't discount anything uh, at this point in time. If something's being laid in your lap that you can look at and go, this is weird. <laughs> look into it for a minute, because it may be something that you're supposed to see. Especially if you can't Google it. If you can't Google it, it's probably something. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. It's the real deal. <laughs> you guys hear me? Yeah. You guys there? Okay. Oh, yeah. How are you? I've got my phone. I'm trying to, uh, hang on a second. I'm trying to go to speaker. He sounds totally different now. Who is this imposter? Hey, I just changed my, my headset and I'm trying to put my speaker phone on and it's not letting me do it. Oh, there we go. There it is. Can you guys hear me now? Yep. Your vo your voice does sound different again. It sounds different now. Well, from thirty seconds ago. Oh yeah. Sounds well, deeper and clearer. I had, a, I had a, a headset on, so and they've been through the washing machine. <laughs> so like uh what you said about the stars is very interesting and obviously rob skiba says you know if a third of the stars are supposed to fall to heaven obviously you know a third of whatever the stars are currently would and if they're big huge burning balls of sun like if they're suns you know that that's just not possible um yeah yeah, yeah. i have a question about that no so isn't it when Yahusha returns, the stars will fall? Whatever ones are there, or they won't. We won't see them. Whether the scroll, like the like a scroll, the skies roll up, or the yeah. stars. What is? Yeah, could you go on that? Well, I I don't know. I put a lot of thought into that. Did did the stars 
did that happen in the first century? Did a third of the stars fall? I mean, we also hear uh, that like a third of the the uh, the ocean life will be destroyed. And a lot of people come back at me and go, well, the stars didn't fall. The ocean life didn't die. And I'm like, why well, wasn't there? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I often wonder if it's a repeated thing. That one of the ideas of a, a star falling is that it loses its, its authority. And so... Uh, I speculate if there's less stars in the sky now than when I was a child. Um, I know that's probably, I don't know. I, I think that the constellations have been uh, obviously consistent. You can look at all the old maps since the beginning of time. I would be interested to look at the really old maps, um, not just of constellations, but see if all the stars line up. Um, because I, I kind of wonder if they come and go. So, I mean, for example, for example, for example, stars clearly, they clearly turn on at night. You can see them turning on. Um, you know, that they're, that's, that's one of the big questions with the astronauts, right? When the astronauts go up, Neil Armstrong said he didn't see any stars. And then some of the other astronauts said they did see stars. And so, um, you know, are the stars there when it's not nighttime? Do they come on and off? And so if they can turn on and off, um, can the stars also fall at different points in time? I'm hearing my, my voice in someone's speaker. Yeah, it's, it's just a little bit of feedback from uh, Rick, I believe, because he's off okay. his headset. Let me, let me turn the phone down. Is that better? Uh, yes. There we go. Okay, so my whole thing is, is I don't think neil armstrong then saw the stars because they weren't up there um the, well the yeah is, obviously yeah the other thing is with the stars though I, I you know one of the things that gets me is 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 this tied in together that you know when the stars fall okay if they are beings it would make sense at that point in time to me now maybe i'm looking more into this but there, does it does it correlate with men's hearts will fail them for fear of what they see coming up on the face of the earth? Now, is that the release, or is that the the falling, or is it something completely different? And I'm just an idiot. Well, it's assuming that Neil Armstrong actually went up there, which we can say nah, he didn't, <laughs> because we get the conflicting too from the same so-called organization saying, yes, they did, yes, they didn't. All right, you're lying about both. Why? Because no one's gone above to, to, to see that, which goes into all these other, um, what Noel just talked about makes more sense, which doesn't fit the narrative of what we've been fed. All right, guys. Um, I'm on. Okay, I... I kind of hate to do this. I've been enjoying this, but it is 1110. And uh, I'm an old man that needs old. I'm not an old man, but uh, I'm a 40 year old guy who <laughs> needs eight hours sleep. So um, I'm going to be I'm going to be kind of closing up here. You guys are welcome to keep talking as long as you want. here. obviously no, I, I've got to get hopping too. I've got some things to do. And I man, I just really appreciate this. It's if anything. It's just made me realize, dude, get your head in the scriptures and be in and deeper prayer and uh, have more of these conversations because if anything, it, it, it challenges you to learn more 
and to dig for the for the truth. And I think that we're supposed to be as equipped as we possibly can in the days coming. And definitely raising uh, me, raising little ones, I need to have them prepared. I need to be able to show my wife this stuff and and explain it to her and be able to to literally go, okay, here's where it's at. Here's where this can correlate. And like I said, we may not ever get all the answers. We may not. It may not be our calling. It may just be to, you know, give a few nuggets here and there for people to, to chew on. And, um, you know, if they like it, they'll, they'll keep on going. And I just, I just look at this and go, what a, what a cool uh, night. Noel, thank you for having me. And I hope I was able to be clear enough to people that, you know, my guess, my, who, who is Rick Hummer? It's just a, just a regular dude on a journey like anybody else that realizes they're on a journey. You, you don't want to go down too many rabbit holes that lead you to nothing. You want, you want answers and I'm trying to be patient and, and be diligent at the same time. And at the same time, I have to pay bills and work and raise a family. And uh, I'm just thankful that I'm not into reruns of Magnum PI or any other show uh, that my God has my attention elsewhere. And that's uh, it's humbling. And at the same time, it's exciting. And, you know, um, you know, I love Magnum PI, right? Well, it's all good. I I did, I did too. I, I always wanted to hang out with Rick and TC. <laughs> I, I just thought it was interesting you brought that up because I, back in the day, I used to have like a bro crush on Tom Selleck. So I, anything he was, if Tom, if Tom Selleck was in something, I watched it. <laughs> well, then I know you watched Friends. Uh, well, I did watch those episodes. I was never, I was, you know, if it, if, you know, you have, you know, Pepsi and Coke. I was a Seinfeld guy. Uh, I love Seinfeld. Yeah. I wasn't really into Friends, but yeah, I did, I did kind of drool when the, Tom Selleck was on that show. That's classic. <laughs> That's All right. awesome. All right. You, you like, well, you so be, if you ever shave your beard, leave the mustache for a little bit and give the Tom Selleck look. Oh, I, I have done the – my wife doesn't like the mustache, but I, I've done the mustache. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us, uh, Rick, and thanks for hosting it and all that's, uh, that's great. Yeah. I just – like I said, if, if anything from this conversation is just dig deeper in your relationship and hopefully just grow to love God more and more each day. All right. Good night, guys. Shalom. Beautiful show. Good night, man. See you guys.